Hey everyone, and welcome back to Knucklehead Radio. Today we have a very special episode. Normally we talk about nerd stuff, whether it's Star Wars or the MCU or whatever, but today we're talking sports, and we're talking the NCAA March Madness Tournament. While my community isn't super sports heavy as of this moment, I am looking to branch out because sports are another passion of mine. But even for those who aren't super big on sports, the NCAA tournament is typically something that everybody gets involved in and pays attention to, similar to the Super Bowl, how there are people who just watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. There are a lot of people who do the brackets, they fill out brackets, just because it's a fun thing to do. They have a chance to make some money and they follow it. Uh, brackets are something that I've always loved doing, even before I could make money at doing these things, even when I was a little kid. So I wanted to make this video and make some predictions as well as give some bracket advice to those of you who might not be super informed or even those of you who are and who might be on the edge and looking for some helpful hints to maybe make a decision on one game or a winner of the tournament or a certain outcome. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I am a bit biased. I'm a Michigan State Spartans fan, and I'm sure anybody who knows anything about college basketball knows that Michigan State is a very prestigious program. Head coach Tom Izzo is very good during these March Madness tournaments. This year, Michigan State actually made a play-in game, so they just barely made the tournament, and they're not the greatest team in the world this year. And our rival, Michigan, happens to be a number one seed. So I'm letting you know my biases up front and what I think of these two teams so you can judge that for yourself. And I also want to inform you that I am not a basketball expert whatsoever. I am an athlete. I grew up playing baseball and football and I wrestled and I was very good at these sports, but I actually never played basketball, organized basketball. Of course, I've played basketball outside millions of times, but I've never played organized basketball in my life. And I also don't follow college basketball super, super closely. I love Michigan State and I watch them all the time, but when it comes to these March Madness bracket challenges. I have a certain method and a method that has worked for me in the past. In 2015, I actually won $1,000 in a bracket pool that had, I want to say, 3,000 people in it. Maybe I'm mixing up numbers because it was through my stepmom's work and I was still in high school, but I did win $1,000. I took third place. I took Michigan State, who is a seven seed, and yes, I know that's my team, but I took them as a seven seed to the final four, along with three one seeds, Wisconsin, Duke, and Kentucky. And I picked Wisconsin, a very senior heavy team, over Kentucky, who was undefeated at that point, and everyone thought was going to win the national championship. I took Wisconsin over them, and I was right. I wound up getting the national championship game wrong. I took Wisconsin over Duke and Duke wound up winning even though in my perspective Wisconsin got screwed in that game but uh, that's all in the past uh, but my point is is I don't follow college basketball during the season super super closely I pay attention to who some of the best teams are so I know this year Gonzaga is the best team Illinois is one of the best teams and obviously you can see that 
on the bracket as well. You can see who is what seed. But of course, that doesn't always help because sometimes there are some very good teams from some conferences you've never heard of, so they're ranked super low even though they're really good just because they haven't played a ton of very good teams. And there's situations on the opposite side of that as well. So just because teams are seeded a certain way doesn't always mean that they're a very good team or a very bad team. There's a lot that goes into it. But I've even heard college basketball analysts say that it's sometimes the more you know about college basketball, it seems like to them, the less you know what's going to happen in March Madness. I mean, a couple of years ago, we got a 16 seed UMBC upset Virginia, who wasn't just a one seed, but I believe the favorite to win it all in that tournament. And they just beat them. They beat them by 20 points. So... There is no ridiculous prediction when it comes to March Madness. You know, nobody should laugh at you if you have a 14 seed over a 3 seed or whatever because literally anything can happen. And so when I tell you that I haven't paid a lot of attention to the regular season of college basketball, and this isn't just this year, this is, you know, most years, unless I'm really invested in a Michigan State team that I've been watching, It's not because I don't enjoy college basketball. I love college basketball, even though baseball is my personal favorite sport, and I actually am very well uh, versed in baseball. I'm very knowledgeable about baseball, and I've coached teams before, but uh, that's the only sport that I know super well like that. Well, wrestling too, but like basketball, I'm really just a fan that only half pays attention. But college basketball is one of my favorite sports, and the March Madness Tournament is probably the coolest sporting event that there is, or the most entertaining for me at least, even though baseball is my favorite sport. But I purposefully do not pay attention to a lot of the regular season because of the fact that doing that has worked for me in the past, that I've heard analysts say before that Their knowledge of college basketball makes it even harder for them to make these brackets. So I do this by design. And you can take my word for what I'm going to say and the advice that I'm going to give you or not. Because like I said, I don't know a whole lot about college basketball. I'm just a regular fan that kind of watches it casually and makes tournament picks based off of trends, teams that I know for a fact are very good or have seen or even sometimes I just feel things like I genuinely will look at two teams not know anything about them and just say to myself hmm I'm feeling this one it's just a gut feeling so like I said take my word for this or don't entirely up to you but based on my past success and my passion for this I figured I would put this out there and hopefully this will help some of you who are kind of indecisive on some games or some decisions or help some of you who don't really know anything about college basketball at all. And also I'm doing this for myself because if I wind up having a perfect bracket or doing pretty well, it would be neat to come back and listen to this and see where I got things right or even where I get things wrong. So without further ado, let's break down some of these picks that I have, some of these predictions that I have. I'm not going to go through every single game, 
but I'm going to cover the ones that I think are important or should be explained. As of this moment, when I'm recording this podcast, the first four games have officially started. So March Madness Tournament has started. However, the brackets aren't locked just yet. They don't lock until after the first four games and the actual first round starts, which I believe the first game of the first round starts at 12.15 Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. So you still have time to change your picks based on the outcomes of these games, which typically the outcomes of these games wouldn't change your picks anyways. Uh, the 16 seeds definitely not. Despite the fact that UMBC beat Virginia a couple of years ago, I am never taking a 16 seed over a 1 seed. It's just not going to happen. Now, the 11 seeds, those can be kind of interesting, but typically they are not. Right now, Wichita State and Drake are playing for that 11 seed. Um, I think, uh, you know, I would pick Wichita State in that game, and I think they're up right now, but I still have that whoever wins this game losing. However, the 11 seeds playing later tonight, Michigan State and UCLA, and as I've said over and over again, Michigan State, that's my team. But it's not just the fact that they're my team that I think they're worth looking into and possibly having them make a run in this tournament. Because you look at what they've done. They beat number two seed Michigan, And by seed, I mean they were ranked second in the country when Michigan State beat them. I don't mean they're seeded number two in the tournament because Michigan is seeded number one in the tournament. They beat Illinois, who was ranked fourth in the country. And they beat Ohio State, who was ranked fifth in the country in a span of two weeks. And all three of those teams are either a one seed or a two seed in this tournament. That is damn impressive. Okay. The reason why Michigan State has as bad of a record as they do is because of COVID-19. This year is unlike any other year that sports have experienced, okay? Every single sport across the globe had to deal with COVID struggles. I mean, this tournament, even though we're playing this tournament this year, unlike last year, which was really unfortunate that we missed out on that, we still have capacity limits as far as the audience Uh, as far as the fans go so the whole home court advantage thing won't really exist I mean maybe to an extent it will but we're going to be living with the effects of this in sports for quite some time but Michigan State I believe they went on a 19 game 19 day break they didn't play a game for 19 days because they had multiple games canceled due to COVID not to mention a few of their best players got COVID-19 and weren't able to play. And when you don't play for that long and some of your best players don't play, it's really hard to get in a rhythm and to gain momentum. But it looks like Michigan State has finally done that. Now, the good thing about Michigan State, because I'm sure some of you might be a little bit hesitant to take them far in your bracket, is the fact that they're playing in a play-in game. If they lose tonight, then you can go back and change it and have a different team go on a run. They might run into a wall in Alabama in the Sweet 16, but you look at who they have to play. UCLA tonight. If they win, BYU. And if they win that game, Texas. I'm confident Michigan State 
can beat every single one of those teams. In fact, Bleacher Report even ranked Michigan State the 37th ranked team in the tournament, despite the fact that they were 9th in the Big Ten and they're an 11 seed playing in a play-in game. That just goes to show you how good the Big Ten has been this year. The Big Ten has been so good, and not just so good, but so physical. So I truly believe that Michigan State can be all three of those teams. I'm taking them against Alabama as well. Now, should I? Probably not, but it always makes things less complicated when you pick the team that you root for. But at a certain point, you know, with Michigan State being an 11 seed, I have to pump the brakes because whatever magic they might have will fizzle out because they're just not quite at the top. And uh, surprisingly enough, I actually have them losing to our rival Michigan in the Elite Eight. But despite the fact that I'm taking Michigan to the Final Four, I'm still not that impressed with their team. And, you know, uh, they're also missing Isaiah Livers, who's arguably their best player. He's going to be out indefinitely. So I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State beat them if they happen to make it that far or Alabama beat Michigan. But the way that the East region, I believe it's the East region, was set up in this bracket is just really weak, in my opinion. If you look at the side of the bracket that Illinois is on, not only is Illinois a better team than Michigan, but they have Houston as the number two seed, and I think Houston is a better team than Alabama, who's Michigan's number two seed. They also have Oklahoma State as a four seed, which, while I'm taking Illinois over Oklahoma State in that game, I wouldn't be surprised if... Oklahoma State wound up pulling an upset or at least gave Illinois a really good run for their money. If Oklahoma State happened to be in the side of the bracket that Michigan was on, I'd probably take them to the Final Four over everybody else that's on that side. San Diego State is also a very good team that's in the side of the bracket that Illinois is on. So I'm just really not a fan of the way that these brackets are set up. And it's not even just the whole Illinois-Michigan thing and how there's one really strong side and one really weak side. I I have pretty much my entire bracket set up and locked into place. There's a couple things I'm still going back and forth on, but pretty much no matter what I decide, I'll either wind up having four number one seeds in the final four or three Big Ten teams. And typically, I just don't like doing that. Like, going with the best teams is always way too bland and almost never happens. I think the last time it happened was 2008 when all number one seeds made the final four. And I think that was Kansas, Memphis, Kentucky, and Duke. Or no, North Carolina was in there. But anyways, and I also don't want to have three Big Ten teams because Big Ten at best has had two teams and the last time the Big Ten made a championship was Wisconsin in 2015. They, they don't make the championship very often, and they haven't won a championship since 2000 when Michigan State did it. So it's been a long time, and that's just way too coincidental for me, three Big Ten teams making it. But uh, like I said, no matter which way I spin it, it seems that one of those is going to happen. So again, just not a big fan of the way that this bracket was made um but speaking of the way that the bracket was made i think that there is another underdog team in the east region along with michigan state that has a good chance to make a run and that's the 12th seeded 
Georgetown. They're coached by Hall of Famer Patrick Ewing, and they weren't even going to make the NCAA tournament until they got extremely hot and went on a run and wound up winning the Big East Conference Tournament, which was really impressive because there are some good teams in that conference. So right now, they're as hot as anybody in the country. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of the East region. There's some weak teams in there, and the better teams aren't all that impressive to me. So I've got them going to the Sweet 16 and then losing to Michigan. But if there was any underdog team that could make a deep run in this tournament, I think it's them. But outside of Georgetown as a 12 seed and Michigan State as an 11 seed, the only team that you could really consider an underdog that I have going a decent ways into this tournament would be Oregon as a 7 seed. I have them getting eliminated in the Sweet 16. But I don't even really know if you could consider them underdogs because even though they're a 7 seed in the tournament, they were still Pac-12 regular season champions, which is a Power 5 conference. But assuming they make the second round and beat the 10 seed that they are matching up against, who is, I believe, VCU, then they would be likely facing Iowa, the number two seed, in their side of the bracket. Now, me being a Big Ten fan, I've seen Iowa, and they can play very, very well. Luca Garza is one of the best players in the country. However, Iowa is extremely streaky. They can be very good, and then they can be very bad the next night. You really don't know which Iowa team you're going to get. And in something like March Madness, that's so unpredictable. You have to pick upsets, and this is just one that I went with. So I'm taking Oregon to the Sweet 16 to play Kansas. Now that was one that I went back and forth on quite a bit, but at the end of the day, I just decided that Kansas was too elite of a program. Bill Self was too prestigious of a head coach, so I went with Kansas there. And so Michigan State, I have going the farthest out of all of the teams you could consider an underdog team. I have them making the Elite Eight, while Georgetown and Oregon get eliminated in the Sweet 16. Now, before I reveal my Final Four or my few different variations of the Final Four that I think could happen, and the teams that I think could go all the way, let me just rattle off some upsets that you could expect in the first and second round or teams that have a shot to make some noise that you wouldn't really expect even if I didn't pick them. So in the first round you've got five seed Creighton who has been playing awful. They're matching up against a UC Santa Barbara team who is a bit underseeded. They are better than their 12 seed suggests, so that is a matchup where you could potentially expect the 12 to win over the 5. Now over to the East region, you've got an 8-9 and nine matchup between LSU and the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Now, uh, St. Bonaventure has made some noise in the tournament before, and they've made it quite often, but this eight-seeded LSU team is pretty underrated. Now, they'd be playing Michigan in round two if they won, which I have them winning, and I have Michigan beating them in round two, but if you're looking for an upset that's like an eight over a one or a nine over a one, you could potentially see LSU beating Michigan. Now, there are a couple common upset picks in the South, 
One is Winthrop, number 12 seed over Villanova, who's a five, as well as Colgate, a number 14 seed over Arkansas, the three. But neither of those are upsets that I personally picked. I would advise against those, but of course that's entirely up to you. If you do want Arkansas to be bounced from the tournament early, I do have them losing in round two to the number six seed Texas Tech, who is a pretty underrated team and a very well-coached team. So if you want them out of there, I would probably wait until round two. And now looking over to the Midwest region. I mean, this region is so unbelievably stacked that really anything could happen. It's kind of a shame that they didn't break this up more. Because, I mean, you have Illinois as the one seed, who I think is one of the two best teams in the country. But if they make it to round two, which, I mean, they're playing a 16, so I'm sure they will then they will have to play either 8-seed or 9-seed Loyola Chicago or Georgia Tech, both of whom are playing very, very well right now. If they win that game, then they either have to play Oklahoma State, most likely, who has the best player in the entire country in Cade Cunningham, or they could potentially match up against 12th-seeded Oregon State, who's playing very, very well right now as well. So this whole thing is just super, super stacked, and that's just the top half of that bracket we're not even talking about the bottom half yet that consists of houston rutgers who's playing very well san diego state who's very underrated so midwest region i mean i would suggest taking illinois to the final four but besides that <laughs> you're kind of on your own now let's get into the final four and who i think will win it all Final four, I think you definitely have to take Illinois and Gonzaga to the final four, and both of them to the championship game, so I'll address that later. But then the other two regions who I think you have to take to the final four, one will either be one seed Baylor or two seed Ohio State. Personally, I think Ohio State could beat Baylor. Big Ten is very physical and very tough, and Baylor hasn't played as well as they were before they had a COVID break. So I think Ohio State will probably take that one. And then the other one is the region where Michigan is the one seed. And like I said, that entire part of the bracket is just really weak. I still have Michigan going to the final four, but you could very easily see a Florida State or an Alabama or a Georgetown or a Michigan State even make the final four out of that region. But so for me, I've got Gonzaga, and then I've got three Big Ten teams, which is just, it seems too good to be true, and I still don't think that will happen, but just doing the bracket, you know, matchup by matchup, that's what I've got. So I've got Gonzaga, I've got Illinois, I've got Michigan, and Ohio State, which is the only two, the rest are ones, and then I've got Gonzaga and Illinois facing off in the national championship. I think they are so above and beyond the two best teams in the country that's not even funny. This year, there aren't a lot of teams that I'm that impressed with. I mean, if you look at the best teams of this year and compare them to some of the best from years past, whether that's, you know, Duke's team led by Zion Williamson, whether that's the Virginia team with Kyle Guy, or the Michigan State team with Cassius Winston, Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins, Xavier Tillman, uh, all three of those teams that I just mentioned and more are better than I think even Gonzaga and Illinois and certainly the rest of the field. So this year isn't the greatest year for college basketball ever, but I think Gonzaga and Illinois are the two best. And being that I'm a Big Ten fan, Gonzaga, while they're very, very good, 
doesn't have the strength of schedule that Illinois does, and they don't play as physical of basketball as Illinois does. And just knowing how good uh, Ao and Kofi Coburn out there in Illinois are, I just I got to go with Illinois, and I'm pulling for them. I really am. I want to see a Big Ten team win a national championship for the first time since Michigan State in 2000. So that's what I have for my bracket. Hopefully some of my advice helped some of you guys or hopefully there was some insight here that could help you guys make some decisions or hopefully it was just uh, fun listening because I know I'm listening to March Madness stuff and watching March Madness stuff 24-7 every single time this time of year rolls around. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening and I guess I will catch you guys after March Madness is over.